0: All right, now for tomorrow, we have two, um, two specific items. One is relative pronouns, and the other is three case prepositions. I think I'm going to teach this uh, backwards today so that we're going to handle the, the uh, uh, Three case prepositions first. Now there are we've had prepositions that take one case, like ek and upa, which we've been talking about, and n an, and um, pr-, um, pros and ice and sun and so forth. We've had two case prepositions, such as hupa, which takes genitive and accusative dia, which takes genitive and accusative. Most of those take genitive and accusative. Finally, we're going to get three case prepositions. Uh, or for Americans, three case prepositions. For Europeans, three case prepositions. Now, uh, basically, these will follow that little box diagram on chapter five, in chapter five. So. In the three case prepositions, you're going to get more of a sense of movement toward with the accusative of uh, 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 on or um, uh, or, or away from rather with the genitive and uh, association with the dative. And the first of the two that we're going to talk about is para, para. Para has as its basic meaning next to, next to. So, or the side of. If you are at the side of something, it will take the dative. Para plus the dative means you are standing at the side I am para at the side of the blackboard. If I am moving away from the side, let's use, for the sake of recording here, let's use the podium here in the center. So this is, this is para plus the dative at the side of. If I'm moving away from the side of, then it is para plus the genitive. Logically enough. And if I am moving toward the side of, like this, I remember my teacher always using the example of a pirate ship going by a freighter and lashing onto it. You know, you going to the side of, that is para plus the accusative. So, let's do it like this. Let's just change that diagram a little bit to like this. Now, there's one important thing that I would like to say about the the genitive in particular. And how para plus the genitive relates to apa plus the genitive. They both mean from. But, para plus the genitive is from the side of And, this is important, when you get something from somebody, it's para plus the genitive. So I got the keys from my teacher. He's kind of taking it from a sack or a pocket at the side and giving them to you. If you get money from somebody, it's para. Not a paw. If you run from a bear, that's a paw. Okay? So, in general, if you get teachings, Matthew, if you get handing down teachings from somebody, that's para. A paw is from, more in the sense of away from. Not from the side of. So if I get something from you, uh, I got the organ book from you. That's always para. It's always para. Yeah. yeah I mean, you just said a pa is more like away from. A paw is more like away from. Para like is uh, from with possession. That's no, well, not necessarily. No, because I could, I could go away from someone. From something from the side of it specifically. But like say when you run from a bear, you know, that is a paw. So you might say, pirate ship comes there, comes alongside as para plus accusative. They're lashed on, and at that point when they board, it is para plus the dative. Then if they burn the ship or you know, plunder it and so on and go away, it would be para plus the plus the genitive. That's good. Now, the second one, strangely good, but good. All right. Now, para is one. It's the more obvious one. Epi is the next one. Epi means on generally, on. And it's easy, it's probably easiest to go backwards here accusative, dative, and genitive. so, at P plus the, so I'm going to put on here, and this is uh, at side. Now, if seed fall. oh, here, I'll take this book. The book dropped onto the table. That's accusative, because it's motion toward. So. This is ep plus accusative. On to. On to. Now, ep plus the dative is usually defined as at, at, in a kind of more generalized sense than para. But it occurred to me a couple of years ago that we have a usage that preserves on that's exactly parallel to p, and that's in this phrase, on location. So if you say that they're on location, you mean they are at the location. That's the on in the sense of at that we're talking about. So on location does not mean on top of the location. It means at the location. And uh, notice what I've put up on the board. I've put at, and it will be used in the same ways that you and I would use at, like this. He stood at the door. They were amazed at his teaching. It's kind of incredible the way a P plus the dative is actually parallel to English usage here. So if you think of the ways we use at, that's a P plus the dative. How was he at the door there amazed at this? Well, they're they're not the same, Kathy. That he was amazed at the teachings, or they were amazed at his teachings, is not the same as he was standing at the door. But those, that same range that we have, Greek has. Now, what is, the, um, what is the relationship between para plus the dative and epi plus the dative, meaning at? All right? Here I am standing para, the podium. I'm standing next to it. In a more general sense, you could say, okay, veltz is not at the side of the backboard, he's at the podium. Well, am I at the side of it? Well, yeah, kind of, you know, but it's more general. So you might say that if we were doing this semantic field thing, at is like in vicinity and then more specific, so this is at P. More specific, para, at, side of, specifically. So if I tell you that I'll meet you at Luther statue, you figure there's about a what? 30 foot radius or something where that's good. But if I say I'm standing, I will be standing beside Luther's statue, you expect me to be kind of at the side, maybe if if this is like Luther's statue, you do expect me to be maybe leaning on it or standing at the side. If I said I will be um, standing beside Luther's statue. You don't expect me to be 40 feet in front. I mean, you know, if you'd see it, you'd say, oh, oh, well, he's not exactly beside it, but okay. But that's more at, so this is a more general uh, usage and is much more frequent, therefore. Your general words are always much more frequent. Of course, if I'm standing right here relative to the podium, it could also be described as at, at. That's not impossible. All right, now, the last thing is a little bit more difficult. And I'd like you to open your books here to page 108, please. 108. Yeah, you can even use it like that. They were amazed at it. No, no, no. With Thalmazzo, they'll use Epi. Now, take a look at the top of page 108. Uh, The uh, uh, dynamic duo here has to be alerted to the fact that they misspelled in the old printing anthropus in example 14. They have anthrotus. Now, There are actually three separate uses of a P plus the genitive, and I leave this for the final point, because it doesn't relate very well to the little diagram. The first, on without motion onto. So, if you were sitting on the horse. You'd say in the statues of St. Louis in town, he is sitting on a horse. That's a P plus the genitive. Sitting, it's not that he's climbing onto the horse. That's a P plus the accusative. But he is on the horse. So this is a P plus the genitive. You might have expected the dative, but it's this. And then there are two other meanings, numbers uh, A2 and A3 that are really quite different, guys, really quite different. In the time of and in the presence of. Now look at example 15. John preached in the time of Jesus, not John preached on top of Jesus. And example 16, Stephen was persecuted in the presence of Saul. Now, you could argue, as Ron will, that you could uh, reverse the meanings of 15 and 16. John preached in the presence of Jesus, and Stephen was persecuted in the time of Saul. And that's true. So you're going to have to tell from context what point the people are making. But in the time of and in the presence of are two odd usages, Way ba- in the last week of class. We are going to be getting a use of the genitive that indicates time. And that will be time during which something happens, just like at P plus the genitive. And as a matter of fact, someone I worked with with Greek while I was at the seminary uh, mentioned to me, and I think this is really right, that what tends to happen, especially with the three-case prepositions, and particularly with fp, is that it will be used, it will almost be welded onto usages that you would have expected without any preposition at all. Thus, as I'm saying, there is a use of the genitive by itself that is during some time. And they've just kind of welded fp on top of that. It's all that's really happened here. but. Regardless of that point, there are three possible meanings of FP plus the genitive. Sitting on or laying on something. my book is on the podium. All right? FP plus the genitive. I am standing F. Humon in your presence. F. Humon in your presence. And we are living in the time of post 9-11, all right? And so you would, that would be FP plus agenda. Yes, Ross? Um, going back to the distinction between FP and pra. Yeah. Um, with, you know, how you said, with your example with like, I'll meet you at Luther's statue. At Luther's statue. Now, what about, I know, I think we had talked about this earlier, um, like by, if you were to say, I'll meet you by. By Luther. Would that also be FP? That's FP, Okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll meet you you by airs or by by famous bar. No, 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 that's right. Right, all right? Back when you were talking about para, you said something about when you received something and I didn't catch it. If you get something from somebody, so for example, if I say, I received the homework from Wendell, that's para, not a paw. Okay, but is that para accusative or genitive? A genitive. Genitive. Mm-hmm.